0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Voice Precevia. We are here with another book, this time something related to negotiations. The name is Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss. So this book, um, I guess this is the second book which I've read uh, which falls into the category of quote-unquote negotiations slash quote-unquote manipulations. The first one, as I like to think, was uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This, I guess, is the second book. Though I tried my hands on Getting to Yes, there's another book on negotiations which has been referred in this book quite a lot many times, right? So the Getting to Yes was written before Never Split the Difference and Never Split the Difference was written keeping in mind, not keeping in mind, mind, but like Chris has read this book and, you know, considers it as a very good negotiation book. But when I actually read Getting to Yes, I didn't quite... You know, I, I got some part of it, but I was like very apprehensive about completing it, so I just like split over to never split the difference. Cool. So uh, there are like ten chapters, all very very focused on their domains. It's not about a single concept. Um, you know, traveling through the whole book, which I think is in the ca- uh, which I think is the case in how to influence and influence people. It's basically appreciating people and stuff like that right but never split the difference is however this is one concept which is uh, the concept of calibrated question which I think has been repeated uh, quite a lot many times in this book and uh, yeah so sometimes you know the like many chapters revolve around the same concept if not the same concept they have uh, an essence of quote-unquote calibrated questions in them right cool so let's just get into the first chapter first chapter I don't think makes a lot of sense for um, me to summarize on this b- On this podcast, because it's mostly about the the name is the new rules, right? And it starts off with the story of how uh, Chris was actually got out of a negotiation, a framed negotiation, if I may, right? Uh, With asking questions, right? So it was like you know his quote unquote like there was this whole story made up by the other counterparts. It was like you know Chris's daughter or his son was kidnapped and the kidnappers were asking for a million dollars and Chris was like uh, asked a simple question that how am I supposed to do that right so this uh, seems like a very simple question to ask but there are like many psychological level to it because the book kind of the first chapter kind of says that every every human on this planet is you know like every human knows that they are not reasonable, or they think that not that uh, that their offer or maybe you know the price that they are saying is not reasonable. You know, uh, while talking to if we if we want to negotiate while talking to people as well, we you know kind of raise the price so as to so as to uh, skip the margins of negotiations and stuff like that, right? So the, guy, the book says that people know that we are unre- uh, the people know that they are unreasonable. And when you ask them, how am I supposed to pay that, the kidnappers, you know, actually got into a th- uh, thought chain as to how can he manage to pay a million dollars, right? So you got the whole point. Uh, the first, like this concept, particular concept will be elaborated in like the upcoming chapters, which we'll cover, right? So yeah, this is about the first chapter, not not a lot of things to talk about in this first chapter but second uh, let's move into the sec, uh, let's move to the second chapter it's called be a mirror cool so mirroring is uh, actually a great concept which i have seen uh, which i've seen used by which i've seen as used by uh, chris doe as well in some of his videos so chris doe is basically this designer guy and he has his own design agency and stuff right so while negotiating with people he says that mirroring plays a lot of important role Right. So mirroring is basically that um, repeating some part of the sentences that the other person is talking to you, while the other person is talking to you, of like repeating some part of their sentence while talking, right? So if I say, so let's just say that, um, you know, there's this party A and I am the party A and the opposition is B, right? So B says that... Um, uh, you know, let's just finish thing, finish this deal off quickly, cause I'm in a hurry. I have to catch a plane at 3 p.m. Right, so I'll just, you know, I'll just say that, oh, you have to uh, catch a plane at 3 p.m. That's uh, that's uh, that's good. I'll we'll try to finish or finish it off real quick right? So this was a mirror, which basically says that you know I'm listening to you, and this is all we want apparently, right? So the book says that mirroring is, you know, mirroring satisfies the other person as to whether or not are they uh like it satisfies in terms of if the other person is listening to it and stuff. Yeah, so there's this other concept in the first chapter which is called mm-hmm. the late night DJ voice and it's, no, the late night FM voice, right? So it's like while negotiating, uh, use this voice, use this voice, somewhat related to it, right? Hello, my name is Aditya. Stuff like that, right? Which is very calming and a very assertive, not a very assertive sound, but it's a very calming voice, right? Hello, my name is Aditya. How can I help you? That wouldn't be possible. (laughs) So, stuff like that, right? So, it's a very calm and late night FM voice, basically. So, which uh, has been advised to use in the first chapter. If you want to be very, um, like if you want to have the upper hand in the negotiations, obviously. Cool, so... Yeah, so this was about the second chapter. No, the FM DJ voice is the part of the second chapter, sorry. My bad. So mirroring, basically, uh, is discussed in the second chapter, and then moving on to the third chapter. Let's see if there's anything else in this chapter. I don't think, yeah. I don't think there are any more stuffs to discuss in the chapter cool so moving on to the third chapter it's called don't feel their pain label it so labeling is just another technique which we can use to make sure that the other person is feeling very comfortable with their thoughts if not comfortable like not comfortable but like they they feel acknowledged label is basically saying uh, so mirroring was repeating their exact sentences labeling is saying out loud what their actual condition is right Labeling might be suppose you know uh, I'm a buyer and I go to and I go to say a car dealership a car dealership right so the other person might and I as a customer I'm very uh, you know obviously want a great price I want a good price and everything right so the customer if they start with a label quote unquote this is the label right I know that you want a great price for this car and quote dot 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 right so this is a label that they have put they have basically uh, you know stated out my emotional state out loud and I and that uh, assures me as a customer that you know yeah everything is good everything is in uh, good hands right Cool. so moving on to this book is very extensive though I mean a lot of techniques are there. sorry Sorry about the horn. So, fun fact, it's actually 22nd of uh, September, and it's currently uh, three 3.10pm, right? And, yeah, so I was late. I'm late today. I was, like, reading this book yesterday for for maybe 7 to 8 hours, like, clean 7 to 8 hours. I completed this book yesterday. So, yeah, um... That's pretty much it about the four, uh, about the third chapter. The fourth chapter. Moving on to the fourth chapter. Beware yes, master no. So this is a concept which... Okay, so I feel like... You know, there are certain instances while reading these books and all where you feel like, you know, these two books are contradicting and this chapter was one part of um, that phase, right? So this book says that... This book says that a lot of other books says that getting to yes is a good technique, right? While what we should focus on is getting to no as soon as possible, right? So uh, I know it's counterintuitive. I think it's, this is something which has been discussed in how to influence and influence people as well. Like uh, you know, get get your opponent to the yes uh, to yes as fast as you can, and you know it'll be good. But this book says that. The techniques of the techniques which are discussed in how to influence and influence people are kind of become old, and you know everyone, every person who always whose uh, whose questions are, answers are always yes. Uh, this they, they look like a salesperson, right? So yeah, so basically, sort of that, and master no. Uh, the book says that you know when you start off with a no, no, it'll grab their attention, right? So. Imagine two situations, right? So let's just say that yeah. So let's just say that I'm a student and I'm applying to company companies for internship, right? And I know that the company wants internship, right? So if I and if I'm I'm like imagine imagine I'm writing them a mail, right? So if I write them a mail saying, hey, do you not uh, hey, do you want a good intern? This was the heading of my, this was the subject of my e- email, right? So they read that, they read it as, do you, do you want a good intern? And the answer to that is a yes, right? But the book says that that yes is far less, uh, like it's not better than this, quote unquote. Do you not want an intern? The answer to that is no, and uh, and it's apparently going to work i might not be able to put it into like i might not be able to explain this thing on this podcast but if you read this book there are quite a certain point there are quite a certain points where uh, you know he explains it in a very good way right go check out the book chapter five is Yeah, so chapter five is chapter five is trigger the two words that immediately transform in a negotiation. Which the two words are that's right, as far as I remember. So these this is basically getting your opponent to say that's right. That is to uh, that is to get them to agree to a certain point or a certain conclusion. And uh, that's right is not just like getting them to agree at a certain point. It's like you know it must be something very groundbreaking that they. You know, solely agree to it. You know, it's 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 a volunteered. That's right. You're not um, kind of encouraging them, not encouraging, but like influencing them to say it. So that's what the whole about. That's what the whole chapter five is about. Uh, chapter six is bend their reality. It says that uh, while negotiating, every party has a number in their mind. Say, I'm. A, I just go, say. Let's just take an example of where I go to a car dealership, right? I have an amount in my mind which is one hundred thousand dollars. Let us assume, and the other party, the seller, has this amount which is two hundred thousand dollars. Let us assume, right? And um, so, as soon as I like talk to them and I ask about the price, let us say that my my price is one seventy five hundred thousand dollars, and their price is two hundred thousand dollars, right? Cool. So. As soon as I talk to them about the prices, they say that it's $200,000 and this is the time for me to bend their reality, right? I'll just say that, hey, you know what, that's too much, I can just pay $100,000 for it, right? And that really bends their whole bracket, right? And then they take into consideration the negotiations and stuff like that, right? And also, it's like said somewhere in the book that, you know, you should not talk about the numbers first. Like, you shouldn't be the first guy who talks about the numbers. Let the other person talk about the numbers first. And if at all you have to have to um, talk about the numbers, just don't give a very specific number. Just start off with a bracket of, uh, like a bracket of, like a range of numbers, right? Say that you're in a job interview and the the job, like the interviewer asks you that, that, um, give me a, like, what do you think? how much do you think should you be paid, right? So don't straight up say that I want to be paid two lakh rupees for this job. Say uh something like give them a range basically, right? The the market like the market prices of this. Not market prices obviously the but but like the market value of this position is from seventy five thousand rupees to four lakh rupees and stuff like that, right? Cool. So that's was about the sixth chapter. seventh chapter is create the illusion of control Um, cool so this is actually a deep chapter which I wouldn't actually be able to summarize on this podcast Um, it's basically that give them the illusion of control so that they think that everything is going under their um, circumstances and everything is fine and then basically stuff like that right let me just check if there's anything else in this chapter that we can discuss about hold on give me a sec There's this concept of Calibrated question I think which was discussed In this chapter Or the previous one I don't know So the calibrated questions Are basically Questions like How, when, why Not why So the the book says that If you ask a why question You you are um, You know You are Working against yourself Why is a very uh, Offending Not offending But like It's a very aggressive question If your boss says that Do this thing And you're like why do I need to do this, right? It's a very aggressive thing, right? While there are certain instances where it can work if you put it into right wordings, uh, an example of that might be might be something which puts their puts your perspective into the sentence and their perspective into the sentence. And overall, the uh, the leverage is implied towards them I know it sounds very dumb but not dumb but like you wouldn't be able to understand cool let's just skip the why part so the calibrated questions are like questions which start off with how what when and stuff like that which happen which help you to you know understand the situation better Uh, the book says that negotiations is all about knowing information uh, knowing the information about the other party and the whole scenario incomplete and working through that information and seeing what other collaterals can work instead of what other non-monetary contracts not contracts but like uh, statements can be signed so as to work up so as to you know work up a good contract it's basically a problem solving thing don't look at it as the nego- the other party is your opponent cool chapter 8 is guarantee execution is just a simple thing that even if you have made a certain good uh, even if you have you know made a good negotiation it's not about making negotiation it's about getting it executed it's basic stuff uh, chapter 9 is bargain hard it's like just bargain hard that's it that's Really, what that's really what the chapter is. Chapter ten is actually very interesting. It's called the find. It's called find the black swan. It's called the. Uh, it's called find the black swan, right? So black swan is actually a term coined in Nassim Taleb's *Fooled by Randomness*, which was the previous book on this podcast. So black swan are basically extreme examples. Not extreme example, but like examples which haven't happened before in uh, the history so the co- the term which comes the term black swan comes from you know back in the old days <laughs> i sound like a grandpa back in the old days what happened was people uh, people only knew white swans right they couldn't imagine blue swans they couldn't imagine any other colored swan right we don't actually expect an elephant to be green right so green elephant in this case would be like a dark green okay so don't come up with any bizarre uh, argument saying that hey it's green, a dark pink. Okay, let's just say pink, right? You don't expect elephants to be pink, right? Straight off, pink, baby pink, right? So that if you find a bla- uh, if you find an elephant which is pink, that becomes a black swan problem. Uh, so th- the incident that I was talking about is that only earlier people was, uh, used to only think that there is just white swan in this world, but there's this one. Um, geography, not, not geography, but like there's this one wildlife explorer or something, or someone who found a black swan, and then you know, people were like, Oh, damn, there's this black swan as well. So, then Nasir Taleb used this reference in his book uh, called The Fool by, Random, called Fool by Randomness, and this other book which is specifically on the black swan problem. I forgot the name, but yeah. So the black swan says that there are always, always a black swan in every negotiation. You just have to dig in very deep to know it. Uh, there might be certain negotiations in which there are certain conditions which the other opponent cannot work out through. Like they, uh, let's just say that let's just take an example of the car dealership thing, right? So I went, to uh, I go to a car dealership, right, and the other party is saying that the Price of this car is two hundred thousand dollars, and I say that I'm gonna pay one seventy five thousand dollars. But if I get to know that the sale, if I get to know that the sales representative of the other de- of the dealership that I'm talking to is supposed to get a sale done today, and there are and I'm the and let's just say that it's eight p.m. and I'm the last customer. If I get to know this fact, I'll have a leverage. You you got it right. It's 8 p.m. and the other person is supposed to, is, you know, bound to sell a car today because it's his monthly target thing, right? And I don't actually know about this because that's his business. But if I get to know about this thing, it becomes a black swan for me. I didn't know that it existed, but it does and I I can now take uh, benefit of it. Basically that, right? cool so this was the end of this book do let me know what other books would you like me to read and summarize however i don't actually you don't you guys like are so bad you don't actually tell me what books to read whatever so i'm reading currently i'm currently i'm reading the courage uh, courage to be disliked and next i think i'll be reading meditations by it's basically a story of marcus aurelius not a story but like an autobiography not an autobiography itself but like notes written to him or something of that sort by Mart, uh, revolves around Marcus Aurelius. Cool. So do let me know what other books would, I, would you like me to read and summarize you will listening to The Voice Pressy. My name is Jeff.